And hello, movie lovers, and welcome welcome to the show. And for tonight's podcast episode, we're going to be talking about a little bit of movie news that we've just discovered over the last couple of weeks and everything. So we're going to go ahead and talk about that. Wolverine has the potential to actually be a TV anthology. That's the new rumor that's been floating around. We're going to do some speculation on that. And then also, too, we also have some stuff going on with Mission Impossible 3 being delayed. Then we also have some other stuff that we want to report on as far as the new Spider-Man movie goes. So let's go on ahead and get into it. So what do we have for our first? All right. Well, speaking of Spider-Man, um, again, this was like a lot of people have known it. They followed the news regarding Spider-Man about uh, Alfred Molina being in as Doc Ock. Um, so I think he's like you said, like a lot of it's kind of been confirmed that he's in it. So this is actually coming, and then so I think just recently it's coming from Alfred Molina, the saying pretty much seeing even the rumors of the previous web slayers Tim McGuire and Andrew Garfield prove false again. It's not false. The two of them are in this movie, so I mean, just just let you know, just let them know that's happening. Audiences have a lot to look forward to with Alfred Molina and Jamie Fox reprising their villainous appearances. Doc Ock and Electro for the Tom Holland fronted Spider-Man No Way From Home movie. And um, and now the former has opened up on his return. So in an interview with Variety, Molina described returning the role as wonderful, while expressed initial doubt uh, to um, initial doubt to director John Watts at how his iteration um, of Ock um, would it go uh, would return given his death in the second installment of Sam Raimi's. To which Watts says, "In this universe, no one really dies," and will pick up following his death in the film. So if anybody didn't know, in Spider-Man Two. Uh, uh, Doc Ock, in order to like, he created this really explosive device. Um, and it was about to like, and it's about it was tearing apart this whole like barn where Peter Parker and Mary Jane Watson were. He decides to sacrifice himself and take the whole device down with him in the water. And that's the last we saw of him. Since technically there's really no body, I mean, it kind of makes sense that he's returning, but I find the quote that he's Watts said in this universe, no one's really, no one really dies. Find that interesting. Well, I here's the thing. I've always speculated that maybe he drowned and everything, and that was it. But since we don't even have a body, you know, and then also, too, I'm wondering uh, maybe the multiverse and everything might actually explain what happens afterwards, or maybe that they actually show some type of surgery happening with Doc or something like that to where they wasn't waking out of um, they confirm that uh, from Molina itself that he says it's going to be right when he dies. So it's going to take pick up right when it happens in Spider-Man Two, like right when he goes into the water. It's picking up right there, like not like his character arc, not the movie, okay. but that it's picking up right there when he dies. They're not going to do that whole surgery thing. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. um, and they're going to de-age. They're going to use the. Uh, so it says um, in this, and we'll pick up following his death in the film. Um, while this time-bending, multiverse-spanning approach could have put some stars off it, it was the fact that Molina had aged in over, and the fact that Molina had aged in the over 15 years since Spider-Man Two. That's why they didn't think he's pulling it off. And he says he just looked at me and said, "Did you see the way we what we did to Bob uh, Bob Downey Jr. and Sam Jackson?" Molina uh, Molina said, hence referring the de-aging in Captain America Civil War and Sam Jackson's de-aging in Captain Marvel. Um, they may, And then, so this is why they're saying that it could work. Um, they made De Niro's face look a face younger when he was fighting. He looked like an older guy. He he looked like an old guy. 
that's what we're, we're mean about doing it again. I don't have the same physicality that I had 17 years ago. That's just a fact. But um, so essentially they're going to be using a lot of the DHing thing, which I think mm-hmm. is kind of cool. Um, interesting enough, despite mo- more, more, most sources confirm that Melina Fox will be starring in the film, with Zandari also referencing um, working with Melina in a conversation with his promising young uh, woman co-star Terry Mulligan. Neither have been officially confirmed by Sony Pictures or Marvel Studios. While the rumors regarding McGuire and Garfield have been played down by Holland himself, but then again, take that with a grain of salt because Tom Holland gives is given fake scripts. Tom Holland, like um, McGuire and Garfield, are in this movie. They wouldn't be casting these other two guys if those two weren't in it because it wouldn't make sense. Um, so again, plot details are still under wraps for Spider-Man, but is expected to see the Web Cloud team up with Ben of the Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange face off against Fox as Electro. Though the ending, though um, the, with the ending of Far From Home, putting Peter's secret identity out to the world, and the film's reported ties to the multiverse shenanigans of the Cumberbatch MCU sequel, any number of rogue gal, uh, rogues uh, gallery could show up for a fight. So that essentially everybody else. Um, and then in the dis- I mentioned, so it's supposed to be out on December seventeenth, twenty twenty one. Okay, so I actually like the idea of them going back into the after effects of what happens once he's in the water and everything. It gives us kind of like a what if scenario. What if he actually survived? What if he, um, what if he's actually still alive? And what happens after that if he's when he's alive? And then also too, we also know that that machine also had a way of going down down to the uh, into flames and everything too. But I wonder if that has anything to do with the ripple effect of the multiverse in a sense. I don't think that so, went into flames because it was submerged deep. In, in well, that's air. what I meant. I mean, like it went in, it submerged into the ocean and yeah. everything. I don't know. It makes, we just need to. We just like we just don't know. Oh, sorry, I keep cutting you off. But yeah, I just think here's the thing. I'm thinking. I'm just speculating, of course. You know. Yeah. But I wonder if maybe the machine turns itself back on or something, even though it's supposed to have a power source and stuff like that. But I'm wondering if something winded up happening, something techie winds up happening to where he gets sucked in to the multiverse with the machine. Or maybe something happens within the whole entire deal where Doctor Strange is, um, where something winds up happening with Doctor Strange or something to where he gets sucked into the multiverse. Either way it goes, it makes me excited to see this because I never would have thought that Sony would have actually decide to to do this, to actually yeah. have like a live ad- action adaptation of the multiverse mm-hmm. and everything, especially what we got with the um, Miles Morales story. Yeah. And I would love to see a Mar- Miles Morales uh, live action uh, movie and everything. It would be kind of be kind of cool if they went on ahead and if they actually did that with Disney, where Miles Morales' version stays with Disney, and then you have, of course, you know, Tom Holland, who winds up going to the Sony-verse. So therefore, therefore, we have two different versions going into different areas. But that's just me. I'm just thinking, uh, what do you think? I'm not sure. Um, I think if they do Miles Morales, I think, well, can't really technically go to Disney, because anything they're going to do, because of the whole agreement that Columbia Pictures right. did with Netflix, so I don't think it, it it wouldn't be. I don't think it would work with Disney. Um, and then again, Disney's going to probably do whatever they're going to do with whatever. I mean, but um, like I mean, it would be cool to see it. But I mean, if you're doing Miles Morales in the multiverse, like if you're doing that, you need to at least get Nick Cage back as Spider-Man Noir. 
I mean, I mean, you gotta get that. But um, and, like I'm interested. Like the multiverse thing is cool, but I mean, this this hearing everybody downplaying that Tobey Maguire, even though there's been sightings confirming Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are on the set. I mean, come on, like like I said, everybody's like like, like uh, it's still again not confirmed, but it's there's still at least a 95 percent possibility that they're in this movie like i'm not i am i have 95 percent confident that those two are going to show up in this movie because why would you get the weaker part of amazing spider-man 2 and not the hero from spider-man 2 Andrew garfield and why would you get doc ock but not toby mcguire i mean exactly. it doesn't make sense and that's why i think they're they're in this movie like and tom holland is already confirms he gets a fake script Every single time because he's spoiler territory number one. Um, so he's spo- he's gonna and then I think they confirmed Happy Hogan might be back is gonna be back for it as uh, John Favreau. So right. um, and because I mean of course you got to find out the uh, the banner between because if Happy's gonna try to get back with uh, Aunt May. <laughs> um, That's gonna be funny. But, I mean to be honest with you, I'm I'm actually excited. To see where they're going to go with it, I'm excited to know that maybe there's a possibility that Tobey Maguire might actually make an appearance. Don't get me wrong; the third film wasn't that great, but there's also a such thing as having a good actor in a bad movie, and he was just in a bad film trying to carry it the best way he could. And I really liked him in the very first two uh, Spider-Man movies, and to actually have him redeem Peter Parker in a certain way would actually be pretty cool. And then also to Andrew Garfield, I liked him in the second uh, second film because I really felt like he really brought it home with Peter Parker. He trans uh, pretty much he ended up transforming himself from into the Peter Parker role into the Spider Man role to the, where it convinced me enough to say, "Hey, look, he is a good Peter Parker and Spider Man." In the first Maybe one, I just in the very first one. Okay, sorry. And the first one, on the other hand, I felt like he was a very good Spider-Man, but not a very good Peter Parker at that time. So I actually felt like in the second one, he actually did a great job. It was just the pacing of the film, the plot development of the film that I had an issue with. Both movies were terrible. (laughs) Both both Mace and Spider-Man were just terrible. The second one was was just bad. Like, everything about it, you... You casted an all like a, a top cast member in Paul Giamatti, and only have him in there for five effing minutes. Are you stupid? And uh, you wasted the rhino. And then you show the best part, like the trailer of him swinging the trash can. That's what ends the movie. Come on. And then and then you go and like like oh we're gonna like I said like again I didn't care for the two of them because I didn't give a crap about his parents. It's like. Peter Parker's always been Uncle Ben and Aunt May. And again, also, I mean, Spider-Man, why'd you kill Uncle Ben again? Seriously. I mean, come on, stop killing Uncle Ben. What has he done to do anything? You, you, you wasted Martin Sheen. And then, and then I, again, I don't give a crap about Peter's parents. And oh, suddenly there's a deleted scene and an honored ending in the Amazing Spider-Man 2 where, uh, shockingly, Peter's dad lives. He survives the plane crash. Like, come on! Like, yeah, you were—you knew this was going to be such a bad movie that you had to cop out as a as a special feature. Like, I mean, come on! I'm like, everybody knew Gwen Stacy was going to die because they knew what her, if people knew what her if 
oh, it's Gwen Stacy, and they knew exactly, okay, this is her costume, and everybody knows that's the costume she dies. And, yeah, I knew she was going to die, but the, the way they showed it was kind of weak. It was total weak sauce. We knew but. that we were they were setting up for that. But also, too, I felt like the Sinister Six stuff was weak. Because, because here's the thing. We were here's the thing. we were actually misconceived on the whole Sinister Six thing, if you think about it. Because in the trailer, it showed us Sinister Six. But how we get into the movie, there's nothing there. There's no Sinister Six. There's nothing that we were promised on. No premise on what we were mm-hmm. promised on. That movie jacked us around. But as far as the redeeming quality, it was actually Andrew Garfield. Well, that was actually the surprising quality of it. Mm-hmm. But that's just my that's just my opinion. But Not still, <laughs> if I you want a good, I, I, if you want to, I admit, if you want a really good Sinister Six, play the Marvels as Insomnia game Spider Man. They just, they introduced the Sinister Six in that game. Awesome. Flat out awesome. And then again, like yeah, like I said, so if you have not already have it, if you've got PlayStation a PS4, play Marvel Spider-Man by Insomnia Games. Awesome game. Great characters. Like I haven't finished it yet. I'm getting close, but I just um if you want some if you want a much better video game version of Center Six is so much better than the movie version. Uh, and by the way, the guy that cast it for Green Goblin is a piece of, it was terrible. So I digress. Moving on. <laughs> All right. Um, All right. Speaking of Spider-Man, and I mentioned Doctor Strange. Well, I got some Doctor Strange two news, and this is not not bad news. This is good news. Um. So apparently, Sam Raimi's Doctor Strange two is going to be wrapping production this week. So in a recent interview with the Undefeated Marvel Studios, Kevin Feige has revealed a new update on Doctor Strange into the Multiverse of Madness. Hence, we're getting multiverse. It says it in the title. So if you don't give us multiverse, it's kind of a kind of an F you to the fans. So don't go that way, Kevin Feige. Anyway, um, confirming that the MCU movie sequel is currently on its final week of production in London. Filming first started back in November, but it was temporarily shut down early this year due to the increasing COVID-19 restrictions. Um, Kevin Feige says, I'm here in London on the set of Doctor Strange 2 for our final week. And Lizzie is here having worked nonstop from, from wrapping um, WandaVision. To, as to stepping right into Doctor Strange 2, Feek said during the same interview, Feek was seen wearing a baseball cap that's seemingly teasing the official logo for Doctor, uh, for Doctor Strange 2, the logo, which you can check out in the screenshot below. Kind of looks like the three or more colorful, colorful circles merging in together at the center that might symbolize the multiverse aspect of the 2022 film. Um, so it's going to see the... Uh, Doctor Strange, you will see the return of Benedict Cumberbatch as he reprises his role as Doctor Stephen Strange. This time, the Sorcerer Supreme will be joined by Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda Maximo, so that's Scarlet Witch, who is coming off from the successful critical success of WandaVision. So, and it, just for me speculating, you need to watch WandaVision to, to fully understand right. what's going to happen in this movie. So essentially, you got time between now and 2020, uh, March, 20, March 25th, 2022, to watch WandaVision to pick up what the heck is going to be happening. And I had a feeling that they were actually going to connect with that though, because they were like this, they're both magical beings. They're both part of that, you know? And I definitely think that having Wanda, Wanda actually be a part of that universe fits in very well. And also too, it gives us a chance to see who's actually the um, strongest one of, of them all. Wanda, Wanda or Stephen Strange. Also, yes. too, I'm wondering how long 
this movie actually picks up from where we actually saw uh, Endgame and how much Magic Strange has actually learned over yeah. the years. So that's also another that's another thing too that I'm actually interested in is how long has he been the Sorcerer Supreme since yeah. Endgame and what yeah. has he been up to since Endgame and everything and the magic that he's learned since Endgame. We will find out in Spider-Man because Doctor Strange is in Spider-Man. So is um, Scarlet Witch, I believe. I believe the two of them are in Spider-Man. So whatever just happened in WandaVision, is gonna, there's going to be some effects of it in Spider-Man Fire From Home. Because Spider-Man, and then I think Spider-Man is also going to, I think he's also in Doctor Strange. Um, don't okay. quote me on that. Um, so again, they said the sequel was described as the first MCU horror film. And expected and it's expected it to tie in the events from WandaVision, Loki, and Spider-Man No, no, no Way Home. And also in the sequel, it's going to feature uh, Chato at the Edge of Four. Um, he's going. He's coming back as Carl Mondo. Who, yeah, um, Carback coming as Carl Mondo. Benedict Wong as Juan, and Rachel McAdams is back as Doctor Christine Palmer. Respectively, it will also feature the introduction of the live action debut of fan favorite Marvel hero American Chavez, who will be portrayed by a newcomer. Um, some guy named Gomez from the Babysitters Club. I can't pronounce his okay. first name. Um, um, so yeah, um, it's, it's gonna be. It was originally set to be directed by Scott Dickerson, but now we got a sequel. Spider-Man director <clears throat> Sam Raimi. So hence multiverse Sam Raimi because he needs to, and he's like, he's in he's done Spider um, Marvel movies, but yeah, Sam Raimi. So coming out March twenty fifth, twenty twenty two. Okay. And just to answer Brandy's question, though, too, yeah, uh, Doctor Strange is definitely worth it. I had a lot of fun watching Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange is my favorite uh, MCU character, not only MCU character, but also my favorite comic book character and everything. His his story arc is really good. You go from a doctor that doesn't really care about anything but himself, and then he gets into a car accident and then winds up jacking his hands up to the point where he can't even hold a scalpel in his hand anymore. Mm -hmm. So then he winds up becoming the Sorcerer Supreme because the ancient one chooses him. Now in the second one, I have to say I have I'm excited for it because number one, you mentioned the fact that it's actually part of a horror film element to it. And Sam Raimi is good at bringing horror elements into movies and stuff like that, especially when you look at the uh the Evil Dead and things like that. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. You actually have Nightmare that's going to be the new baddie in this new Doctor Strange movie, which makes me even more excited. Because here's the thing. Think of, think of this. Nightmare is basically Freddy Krueger, but part of the MCU, where he's actually the eater of dreams. He'll, then that's actually how he feeds off of people's fears. He feeds off of that, and then he uses it to manipulate the person. And um. This is actually something that I'm very excited about because I've been wanting to bring back into the MCU as a horror fi film kind of aspect to it. Something that we haven't seen before and having Nightmare in there is just fantastic. And also, too, you also have Wanda who's trying to figure out what's going on with her kids towards the end uh, and everything, too. And that's also another key element that's going to be played into this. And I'm having a feeling that she might actually have to square off against uh, nightmare, probably. Um, they haven't confirmed nightmare yet, so nothing's fully about that one. Um, it's, they, been, I don't, yeah. it's been going on for a while, though. 
Yeah, a lot of rumors. Nothing's been officially for that. But then we still got some time between now and March to know who's that. But apparently, so it says um, the premise for Doctor Strange 2. After the events of Endgame and WandaVision, Doctor Stephen Strange is continuing research on the time zone is hindered by a friend turned enemy. Result in Strange unleashing unspeakable evil. Um. So, and then the only people, again, they only confirmed a Cumberbatch, Elizabeth Olsen, Wong. Yeah, so pretty much the people I just mentioned. Um, so they said, I think the other interesting thing is that um, Olsen um, was actually unaware, uh, Elizabeth Olsen was unaware of the Multiverse of Madness story while she was filming WandaVision and tried to make sure her role in the film honored the events of the series rather than having the series be affected by the film. That's 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 pretty cool. Um, I'm glad that she ended up learning about the multiverse because that is such a deep comic when you look at it. Yeah, things like that too. Not and not only too, but this is also dealing with House of M, mm-hmm. and too, which is also what WandaVision is based off of is how the House of M comic, and then also too it ties in with the multiverse of madness as well. And that is just something that I've always been fascinated about when you come down to the two, these two. Yeah, um, but like I said, I'm like um, I definitely recommend Doctor Strange. Visually, it is probably one of the coolest Marvel movies. It reminds me so much of Inception, world bending them yeah. like like this the bending of the the buildings. Like visually, it's awesome. I haven't seen it since I saw it in theaters. Um, I have to watch it in 4K, and I will before I see the new Doctor Strange. But um, I think they said Doctor Strange is going to be like a like essentially for Spider Man. He's gonna be like a mentor to like Peter Parker in a sense of what Tony Fury Stark. was, what what Stark was, what Fury was in a weird way. Um, so, and then again, probably all this is gonna be like there's gonna be a lot of stuff in play here. So, like especially with what's going on in the shows, they're gonna be intertwined. But uh, I'm excited to see. Like, like I said, it's all gonna kick off with Spider Man. Um, Spider Man is in November, December is what's gonna kick off this long-awaited expectation of the multiverse but definitely welcome and then also i think before spider-man's loki so there's a lot of stuff in loki that's going to be impacting this stuff too so right i have a feeling though that because loki's going back in time doing things it's going to manipulate the whole entire multiverse storyline though too because what you do in one reality is going to end up affecting the other reality so i'm thinking it's going to bend it a little bit yeah (laughs) And just remember, Wanda Maximo is our Barry Allen of the MCU, changing up the timelines. <laughs> <laughs> well, right, um, yeah. Okay, ahead. what else we have? Uh, the next set of news we have is, again, this is another rumor. Um, I didn't even know about it until you sent me the link. As well, there's a Wolverine TV series rumor to be in the works for Disney+. Plus. Um, so today's report sees that, uh, that each season of Wolverine... Uh, um, hold on. Oh, I have to go up. Because yeah, anyway... Um, Says, hey, Bob, why don't you grab yourself a six pack and do some stretches before engaging in a fastball special? Because Marvel's Wolverine is rumored to be headed to Disney Plus. Don't go popping your claws just yet. In fact, you're going to want to um, crow uh, to manifest a big amount of salt for this one because it's it's an exclusive report, but it's all rumors. So this is very skeptical. So nothing's confirmed, nothing's happening. They're, it's early. Everybody's like, this guy's really excited. So these, it's an assumption. So assume this movie like that again. Um, so today's report says each season of Wolverine will focus on a particular story within the Wolverine mythos. Think American Horror Story or War, but with an immortal Canadian badass with the height complex. Um, 
So in the hashtag, somebody says the source is close to the project. I've expressed how difficult it's been to bring the X-Men in the MCU. Yeah, no kidding. Um, this is why we're opting to introduce one of the team's flagship characters, Wolverine, before allowing the team to run wild in the MCU. Again, this is all one big rumor at this stage of the game, so be sure to temper your expectations. Be that as it may, Marvel could many, there's many ways Marvel would go with this. With Wolverine seen as such a, a rich character, both in personality and story, these, there's Weapon X Wolverine, Ronin Wolverine, Xavier Institute Wolverine, Angry Drunk Wanderer Wolverine, the list goes on. Wolverine is already in the writing phase with no director or screenwriter so far, a showrunner so thus far, as well as no, um, no, no casting. Um, whatever this is real or not, what do you think of the idea of Marvel uh, introducing Wolverine the MCU for the members of X-Men? I'm excited yeah. for it. If this is actually true, if this is actually the way that we can get Wolverine back and also introduce us to a new actor playing Wolverine, because don't forget, it's been 20 years with, um, Hugh Jackman playing him and also retiring Wolverine about five years ago or four or five years ago. And, you know, we need a new face to Wolverine, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And so if there, there's a way to do an anthology series with him doing it that way and developing his character and then transferring him over into the MCU that way, I'm fine with it. I'm, I think it would actually give a good chance of uh, developing a story arc understanding who Wolverine is, not saying that we don't know who he is or anything like that from the other films, but it gives us a better look at Wolverine as a whole versus getting him into a two and a half hour movie and everything. But also too, it gives me some hope that maybe we could actually see other villains pop up within the Wolverine um, universe and things like that too. So I think that this would actually be a good fit in my opinion, I think this would be a good fit for another Wolverine. What about you? I want to see Hugh Jackman in at least one more Wolverine movie, but not just Wolverine. Um, his his uh, his famous buddy in the red. I want to see Deadpool and Wolverine in a movie. But I, I want to see Hugh Jackman go back up because... The ongoing funny feud, again, this is not a real feud, it's just the two of them just rallying each other up between Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman, them going at each other, um, like Blake, and then Ryan Reynolds' wife, Blake Lively, get involved in it, saying now Hugh Jackman looks hotter than Ryan Reynolds. Just give us Deadpool and Wolverine. I mean, give us that. At least one more movie, because, I mean, with the, multi- with the multiverse madness for how we're bringing people back from the dead, I mean, you can easily bring back Wolverine. I mean, I mean, because as Deadpool did it, said in Deadpool 2, that, like, same thing. Beep, Wolverine. First, he had to ride my coattails with the R rating, and then he has to die. What a dick. <laughs> like, <laughs> and- come on. I think Brino's, like, we've been wanting this for a long time, and it's just, ha- and then the fact that, that um, the funny feud brought Ryan Reynolds' mom involved in this. Give us Deadpool and Wolverine, and then then cast somebody else. Come on, Marvel! You're make you're bringing Deadpool three. Get Hugh Jackman to come back to be Wolverine. Sure, the TV series might be cool, but then again, because I mean, Wolverine is a kind of a violent character. I mean, are you really like? Is Disney's gonna be like? But we need the kids. We need the kids for the Marvel stuff. I'm like, you need to go gritty with with. If you're doing a Wolverine series, you gotta get gritty. Like, I mean, I think, like, like I said, I mean, Wolverine, him and his violent tendency, 
that's why Wolverine is awesome. And that's why he was awesome in X-Men 2. X-Men 2 is probably the best X-Men movie out there besides and then the right close Days of Futures Past. Days of Futures Past is an awesome X-Men movie as well. I highly recommend that one as well. Yeah. We have the two itinerations, the first class, like the younger the younger versions and the older and the uh, the current ones having them merged together. That was awesome. Great movie. But X-Men 2 is the best X-Men movie. And that's and that's when you see Wolverine go berserk. Seeing Wolverine go berserk is right up there for me of Jack Bauer on a ramp on a killing rampage. You want to see it because it's awesome because you're rooting for it. X Men like Wolverine's got to be dark in some capacity. Put it on Hulu. I don't care. You put you put like they've been hor- like violent stuff on Hulu. Merge up with Hulu and like well, and that. And well, here's the thing: Disney owns sixty percent of Hulu. Yeah. So they don't have to really merge. They don't really have to merge since they own sixty percent of it because if because Fox owned thirty and then Disney owned the other thirty, so now they own sixty. So you know, just just throwing that out there. Yeah, I think like I think that's where it needs to go. I mean, if you have it on Disney Plus, then again, um, the Falcon's getting kind of violent. If you can have that type of violence with Wolverine, you got to. I mean, there's no way you can make him make him PG or G. It's not going to fly. You're going to have a lot of people pissed at you, and they're going to be coming down your doorsteps, um, not selling you Girl Scouts cookies. They're going to come in with pitchforks and, and that, trying to tear down, like, tear down the building. Like, you need to do this right, because we, we've got a char- one character for 20 years. Don't screw it up. You see, on the other hand, with me, with the TV series and everything, yeah, I like the idea of the story arc. I didn't mention this before, but I like the idea of giving us a story arc. But at the same time, if this is actually going for Disney Plus, we're going to miss that grittiness. We're going to miss that blood and gore and stuff like that that we got from the uh, Logan movie because that's also what makes it work. We're not throwing it in just because of the fact that it's just rated R for being the sake of being rated R. Yeah, he's rated R for yeah, he's rated R for a reason because Logan had been like Wolverine had been PG thirteen, which I mean he was pushing it too in a lot of it, but that was cool. But finally getting an R-rated X-Men movie right after Deadpool did it. I just thought this, and it's just funny because he had to ride the coattails to the R rating. Logan was awesome when it was violent because that's what it had to be. It's not violent for the sake of violence because that's who the character is in the comics. He's violent. And to have it on Disney+, Plus, like you said, I mean, if you can have it doing the capacity of what they've been doing Falcon Winter Soldier, I think you need to, like go a little bit above and beyond with that, like show more blood. I right. mean, I mean that, that, cause that's who Wolverine is. He's violent and that that's his character. You can't down it just to get kids involved in this. Not every Marvel movie is made for kids or not all no. superhero movies are made for kids. The dark Knight, Batman, not meant for kids. I mean, Disney don't screw this one up. Think, hey, right now it's just a rumor. So again, nothing's been confirmed. Right. Day. Nothing's happening yet. But yeah, let's see. Brandy says, I can't imagine anyone else uh, as Wolverine, but that's just me. No, everybody, uh, to be honest with you, about about 99.9% of the people, fans, actually feel the same way you do, to be honest with you. And, you know, I'm in that camp where give it a little bit more time. Let uh, let, uh, Hugh Jackman have his retirement still and everything, because it's only been, what, four or five years since the Logan movie? About four years. About four years. So give it maybe another year or two. And let things settle down a little bit more. 
and then you can introduce us into a new actor to try and uh, give us that f a flavor of Wolverine. Because don't forget, we're always doing this. We're always comparing actors of how they actually bring it to the table when it comes down to the Joker or anything like that, for example. With this, giving it a little bit more time gives us a chance to settle down a little bit to where we might not compare that much as we would if they went straight into it. Uh, afterwards, as soon as uh, Kevin Feige went on ahead and made the announcement if there's going to be another uh, X-Men movie, I think it just gives us a chance to just settle down, let a man rate a little bit, and then go into it casting somebody new rather than just going in right away. I think the problem. I think the problem is this: since Hugh Jackman's do, done this for twenty years, this is not like the what a Bond. Like every Bond movie, after like there's a new Bond at where we are used to that. We're expecting new Bonds for that all the time. That right. like, like I said, you can't, you can't. I can't imagine anybody else playing Deadpool but Ryan Reynolds because it is it, it like I like I said, it's hard to imagine. Like I mean, for the if they put do Robert Pattinson just just to throw a name out there as Wolverine. I'm probably gonna be immediately off on that because it's not it, it doesn't fit him and it's not it's not gonna like it, he's just too flashy to be that Hugh Jackman like I said I mean he wasn't flashy when he was Wolverine and like I said I think they gotta be they gotta be very like like methodical to make, when they make their decision who's gonna be the new Wolverine because it's either you're gonna like it or if they hate it they're gonna let you know they hate it and. This is not this is not like a Batman situation because there's always been like Batman every Batman every so often. One guy's played this character for twenty over twenty years. So they gotta be very careful who they pick. And I know if it's Robert Pattinson, I'm already off. <laughs> <laughs> uh let's see here. I would like to, you know, I would love to see who would you, here's the thing, who would you like to see? Play Wolverine if you were gonna do any kind of casting. Um, Edgerton might be either Edgerton or Charlie Hunnam might be pretty good choice. Um, because like Charlie Hunnam can grow the beard. I mean, uh, um, yeah, Charlie Hunnam can grow that beard. I think he'd probably be a good choice because I think he, I think he likes. I, I think he needs some more roles to be honest. I, I like. I think he would be a good choice um he's still kind of young um uh, edgerton might be a um uh, uh edgerton from uh the kingsman movies and just recently uh rocket man taron edgerton i think he might be a pretty cool choice again you gotta go kind of young on this you can't really do old because you're gonna be he's gonna be expected to be wolverine for a while so you kind of want to go kind of young but not too young um like I mean, how they uh, like the Tom Holland, and he was just like he was like like a teen, and they got him to play Spider Man for a while. So that's the key. You can't you, you can go old, well not too old. Like you because you, you want to expect this. You need to expect this guy to be doing at least a bunch of movies in in his old age. Um, those are the two I can think of. Again, I'm not like hundred percent sure. Um, but uh, but then again, I'm interested with what they do with Deadpool. Because I mean, Deadpool just went into time. He, he used time travel from Cable's device, and he practically fixed the timelines. I could see Deadpool interacting with the multiverse. Would be like I could see him appearing in the multiverse. Hey guys, what's up? <laughs> Which makes me excited for Deadpool three. But see, I would actually go with somebody else. To be honest with you, I would actually go with Oscar Isaac. 
as uh, Wolverine? That's no, I guess though. he's getting kind of like I guess he's already type. He's already going to be multiple characters. So he he may not have the scheduling to do it because he's supposed to play Moon Knight. He's going to be playing Metal Gear supposedly. Um, Solid Snake. He's got a lot of stuff. So I think it, 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 it depends on the, the workload too. Like I mean, um. I don't see Krasinski. He just he just seems like too like no. too out too flashy. I think Mr. Fantastic for him, yes. Mr. Fantastic for him is perfect for him. And Emily Blunt is Sue Storm. Great choices right there for those two. I think if they, they whenever they do Fantastic Four, which is gonna happen pretty soon. Um I don't Oscar okay. I don't know. I think it depends on his work schedule. He's pretty busy. Okay. So let's see. This is what uh, Brandy said too. She says Disney is capable of doing action and violence without keeping it G-rated. They are, and but here's the thing: it all comes down to the character and who that character is for them to be able to do something. With Wolverine, we want to see this him cutting through somebody, like and everything, the guy. Like, which is what we got. Right, which is what we got from Logan, which is why it yeah. was a great movie. It was like a Western style kind of movie flavor yeah. to it. And that's why it was successful. And don't get me wrong, I love seeing this new Falcon and Winter Soldier, the way they actually cat did that mm-hmm. with the um where we actually have John Walker decapitating somebody with the shield. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but you know, here's the thing it worked for that. Kind of, yeah. uh, kind of material. With Wolverine, he's a main character. He's a main per- person that you want to actually have on the front line of your poster to actually sell for an R-rated movie. Yes. Not saying that he can sell for a PG-13 movie or anything like that, because we did get several PG-13 movies. It's just that he's better in an R-rated uh, theme versus yeah. a PG-13 realm. Yeah, so. like Deadpool has to be R because that's his character. He cusses. And he's and he like and he and he kills people. Deadpool's got to be R. Like that's why Marvel's confirmed he's staying R. Captain America, he's not. He doesn't cuss. I mean, like and he attacks people. He doesn't kill them. So that's why I mean, it fits for the other the other people. They it fits for them because they're PG thirteen. So again, this really just depends on the character. Um, but like I think Wolverine has to be R and Blade. Blade's another character that has to be R. So Disney, if you're listening. Listen to what we're saying. We know what we're talking about. Um, so um, moving on, the next set of news is um, so we're getting some uh, not Marvel news, this other movie news. So um, Kristen Wiig and Annie um, Momolo, they're going to be they're potentially doing a spinoff movie about about Cinderella's evil stepsisters, and they're going to be writing it. So if you don't know who these two actresses are, um, they've wrote some really good stuff. If you have seen Bridesmaids. They wrote that movie. So they, they wrote the script for Bridesmaids, and Bridesmaids is a hysterical movie. And they're just after their success of the this their new comedy, which is just out on DVD, called uh I rented it from the library, I haven't seen it yet, called Barb and Star. Go to Vista um go to Vista Del Mar, which I have here and is fantastic and hilarious. Um so anyway, they're gonna be writing a movie about the evil stepsisters of Cinderella. Which, I mean, we, we haven't had a movie like that before. So, Deadline reports that the duo will be joining forces again after the critical critical and word-of-mouth success of Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. 
Um, Jessica um, Album and Wolf Farrell from Gloria Sanchez Productions will produce the film. Um, they're the genius genius minds between, behind Bridesmaids, accruing co-writing the untitled fairy tale film. The film is described as a musical comedy that reimagines the Cinderella classic from the point of view of Anastasia and Drizza Tremaine, the infamous evil stepsisters. It will span from their early childhood through the marriage of their un- universally beloved stepsister and beyond. We follow the sisters as they struggle to uphold their family's legacy. It is unknown if Wig or Mumolo will also star in the film or if Wig will reprise their SNL character role as Cinderella. Um, so they said the, the recent comedy feature, Barbara Star, again, they're just talking about that movie. Um, so, and then, so yeah. Um, and then this is just a various m- bunch of movies about evil. Like they're focused on the evil side of these famous characters. Where we're we had Maleficent where they said it was success. Define success. Um, anyway, um, Corolla Deville, again, that one. Um, and then they're doing a Gaston and LaFleur, a prequel to Beauty and the Beast movie for Disney Plus with Luke Evans and Josh Gad reprising their roles for that. But the Evil Stepsisters, somebody says, we're hoping for the shades of Cinderella 3 A Twist in Time, which has bonkers energy of what this movie could be. In any case, we're in. That's what the article says. Okay. So, where's that? Okay, so. With the very first magnificent movie, it was like 185 million to make. It made 758.5 million, and then with magnificent two, it made it didn't make as much. I remember that um, for magnificent. So it's 50 50. So I would like I wouldn't say both of them were success. I mean, the second one I didn't even know it was coming out until like right. just recently. So the promotions weren't great. Oh, um, I didn't know the first one made that much, but then again, yeah. the, the, the second one made four hundred ninety-one point seven million. And let me look at their budget, the budget real quick, just to see yeah. how much. And then, of course, we're looking at the budget. The about that the budgets are one hundred eighty-five million. Yeah, I think, like you said, the other thing too is we don't know. There's marketing costs that are not added to the budget, so the budget totals we're seeing aren't including marketing. And that adds, and that's why some of the movies, like the movie costs maybe a hundred mil, you really need at least three or four hundred mil to break even. Right. So, uh, so like, so again, thirty percent. So it'll be pretty much like thirty percent of that one hundred eighty-five uh, marker because there'll be thirty thirty uh, percent of that, and that's what right. the whole entire thing is. So yeah, you add the thirty percent to that. So there's it. it the marketing costs a lot. So some movies it costs two hundred million to promote it. To promote a movie, it depends on what you're going to do. Production, trailers, stuff like that, like all that stuff costs money. So a lot of these bud- budgetings for marketing costs two hundred million. Depends on how big the movie. So if a Disney movie, you can kind of imagine at least two hundred for marketing. That's not included in the budget that they're telling us. Um, so. Again, maybe it made a profit, but not much. And that's that. That's the thing. So, like I said, I mean, we got to figure out. Like, I think Corella, since it's a more grounded um, movies, that might make some. But if it, the fact it's just releasing on theaters in Disney Plus, I don't think it's going to make as much. Um, but we'll see. No. I think it has. I think Corella has a great leg to make it climb, just like what we saw. I'm just going to use this as, as an example, like that Ben Affleck movie that we saw with Gone Girl. It mm. took a while for it to actually make some money, and then yeah. positive word of mouth came around, and that thing didn't get this. 
I think it was like three or four weeks that thing was number one at the box office for a while until it started yeah. going down, disappearing. Now, with this movie, I'm not really that excited for it, to be honest with you. I don't really feel like I want to sit through a two-hour movie or an hour and 30-minute movie about the sisters of Cinderella, the stepsisters of Cinderella, or anything like that. I didn't really feel like that there was any type of redeeming qualities about them to wonder, oh, I wonder why they're such a bitchy towards uh, Cinderella or anything like that, other than the fact that they're rich snobs. And these are our ideas. That's the problem. They're like, the fact that here, like, I mean, the other problem with Crow is it's dealing, still dealing with the pandemic. Gone Girl didn't have a pandemic, and that's why, and it came out in October times where there's nothing out there. Right. You're in the end of May, and you're right in the beginning of June, right when stuff's coming out. And yeah, you know, we don't know what theaters are like, and then you're still charging $30 to, to watch it on that. People are either go to a get in the theater to see Cruella. Or wait a couple weeks and see it free on Disney Plus, which is not really helping them money because if you're on Disney Plus, you're not really giving them money. I, I mean, it's, I mean, Crow's going to do decent, but it's not going to go Gone Girl money because the, most theaters still aren't open and they're they're taking their time to open up theaters and and not many people are really like interested to go in the theater. So it has to be a specific movie. And on Black Widow, is going to make a ton of money, like a crap ton, because of when it's released and the hype for it. We just found out, like we knew about Corolla, but we just saw something a couple months ago. And I think, like I said, it's just, it's just, and it's got like a darker edge. It's going to be limiting the audience too. So I think there's like, I, I think, and then I think the other one, Gone Girl was R. So this is PG, PG. I think it's a lot going against it for Corolla to be successful. I don't know. I, I don't want to be the, the pessimistic on it, but I think it's got a lot of, got a lot of stuff to climb. Pandemic, lack of theaters opening, um, the subject matter, stuff like that. So I think it's got a long way to climb if it's going to be a big successful. I don't think it costs that much. So I think that's it's in its favor. Because if it costs like $200 million straight up, then yeah, I think they're losing money. But where it is, it make, might make profit, but maybe not as much if we didn't have a pandemic. Okay. Um, so... Okay, so the next set we got um just more casting news for um the game of like the uh the TV show based off the hot like the great video game The Last of Us. They added they casted somebody to play like, they cast Gabriel Luna as uh, Tommy Miller. So Tommy Miller is the brother of Joel in the Last of Us video games. Which if you haven't played The Last of Us, play it. It's a fantastic video game. It's on PlayStation Four. It's great, and then the sequel just came out. I haven't finished the sequel. The sequel is very diverse, but that's a, besides the point. Game's great. The first one's great. So anyway, they have Terminator, Terminator fake actor Gabriel Luna, who also was known as um, Ghost Rider in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Have anybody seen that show? He was great in that. Um, so he's been tapped to star opposite Game of Thrones vets Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey in the HBO's highly anticipated series adaptation of The Last of Us. Production of the live-action series is expected to be coming in the coming this July in Canada. Luna set to play portray the role of Joel's bro- younger brother, Tommy Miller, described as a former soldier who hasn't lost his sense of idealism and hope for a better world. The character was also featured in The Last of Us Part Two. Um, and then the, the game essentially developed by Naughty Dog, who created us the, the Uncharted series, which is another great series. 
Um, is an action adventure survival horror game that has already sold more than 17 million copies worldwide. Game follows hardened soldiers Joel and Ellie, a young and ca- capable girl, on their journey for a radical transformed world set 20 years after an infectious pandemic spread by the uh, Cordyceps virus ravaged the course of humanity. These two people who were brought together by chance must make life-altering decisions in order to survive. The series will be led by Pedro Pascal as Joel and Bella Ramsey's Ellie, co-written by Chernobyl creator Craig Mazin and original game writer Neil Drunkman. The series adaptation will tackle, tackle the events of the first game with possibility of additional content based on the upcoming video game sequel. Then there's been talks that there's going to be other elements not in the game that are going to be added in the show. So there's there's a lot of stuff I'm excited for. Um, we're gonna, like the Last of Us, like I kind of felt like we got the Last of Us in a sense with Lo- the movie Logan. I'm an old gruntled just like guy. I have to protect this little girl as as they go- travel through the world. So essentially, we got already got it kind of version of the Last of Us with Logan, but. Um, I'm excited because it's like I said. I think he, I think Pedro Pascal is going to be a good choice as Joel since I played the games. Me too. I played the very first one. I didn't play the second one though. I played. A, I'm, I'm like like a little bit halfway through. Like not halfway. I mean, like maybe like quarter of the way through it. I haven't played it in a while. Um, one moment in the second game, I'm like, okay, I got to put it down. I I just can't. This game is just it's too much to handle in one go. Um, it's intense. Um. So um, I, like, I think, like I said, we're getting a movie choice. I think, like I said, this is another hit by Sony that they're gonna we're getting at least some media from a video game transferred to TV series. Um, and I think there's a lot of avenue they can do in a TV series than a movie. So I'm excited for it. Okay. Yeah, I'm actually excited to see The Last of Us. I'm I'm, I'm interested in seeing what they're gonna do with it to a live. Uh, action adaptation of it because I love the video game. I love the very first one. I love the story arc between Joe and also Ellie, the girl yeah. and Ellie though too. And later on in the game, you get to play as Ellie as a, and trying to survive against these other guys that are trying to do harm to her. I definitely like it. I can't wait to see what they have in store for us. But yeah, yeah. I'm definitely sold on The Last of Us. All right. So the last bit of news is some pretty big stuff that happened last um not um not last week or so, April 9th. Um, more delays. That seems to be the theme. And this one's a lot of big stuff from Paramount. So, um, so Paramount, so again, Paramount has delayed the release dates for several major films, including Top Gun Maverick, Mission Impossible 7, Dungeons and Dragons, and more. And I'll get into that. So in total, 10 films had their release dates shuffled with three of them starring Tom Cruise. So, um, Top Gun Maverick was is now flying to us on November 19th, 2021 from its previous release date of July 2nd, 2021. You may be asking, what other what Tom Cruise movie did come out was supposed to come out in November? Oh yeah, that was Mission Impossible 7. Mission Impossible 7 then got bumped to May 27th, 2022. So big jump. And then that also pushed Mission Impossible 8 since it's the way Mission Impossible 7 is going to end is probably going to be a cliffhanger. Leads to Mission Impossible 8, which is going to be the last one with this crew, with Tom Cruise. Um, originally dated for November 4th, 2022. is moving to July 7th, 2023. And the Dungeons and Dragons movie starring Chris Pine, Hugh Grant, and the guy from Bridgerton, um, Reggie Jean Page, has moved from May 27th, 2022 to March 3rd, 2023. Um, the fourth installment of the Jackass franchise. So, spoiler alert, we're getting another Jackass movie. It's coming out on October 22nd, 2021. It was supposed to be out on September 23rd. 
Um, not September 23rd, September 3rd, 2021. Um, we got a um, Randy G.I. Joe fans. Um, we're getting the spinoff Snake Eyes movie starring Henry Golding is the one movie to jump forward. So instead of coming out in October of this year of 2021, it's actually coming much earlier in July 23rd, which I'm excited for because he was the highlight of the G.I. Joe movies. Um, I do want to mention, um, so there's May 27th of 2022. It's got two big movies, two big A-list stars. You got Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible 7 taking on the long-awaited John Wick sequel. John Wick Chapter 4 is, is really also released for May 27th, 2022. Which one of them budges that, or they both say so. Either if you're a Keanu Reeves fan or a Tom Cruise fan, you're, you're like in a situation. It's also first time you're going to potentially get Ethan Hunt versus John Wick. If I had to suggest which one to see first, I'm going John Wick. I'm going Keanu, even, though, even though I would go Mission Possible 7 because I'm a huge Mission Possible fan. They've been great. So... You, like for me, it's a win-win. I see either. It's kind of like, kind of like if the pandemic didn't happen, we were gonna get Keanu weekend, Matrix Four, John Wick Four. Winner is us, and winner's Keanu because you can't get enough. So anyway, um, some more release dates. Um, so and then for previously undated movies, we're added the release calendar. So there's gonna be an untitled movie about the Bee Gees it's coming out on May, uh, November fourth, twenty twenty-two. Next Star Trek film will beam up on June 9th, 2023. This movie called The Shrinking of Treehorn, released on November 10th, 2023. And an untitled film with Ryan Reynolds and John Krasinski will hit theaters on November 17th, 2023. They moved The Forever Purge um, up to July 2nd of 2021, instead of July 9th. So I covered it. Snake Eyes is July 23rd. I'm excited for that. Jackass, October 22nd. 2021 Top Gun Maverick is now November 19th, 2021. Um, yeah, I think I got everything. Okay, yeah, I'm ex- the three movies that you mentioned is the ones that I'm excited for. I'm excited about Top Gun Maverick to see what that's going to be like. Then, of course, I'm also excited about John Wick Chapter Four later on in the later on uh, a couple of years down. I'm also May 20, yeah May 27, yeah. 2022, going right up against Mission Impossible right. Seven. Right, that makes me excited. Um, I would actually go and see John Wick Chapter 4 before I see Mission Impossible because I need to see more of the John Wick franchise than the first three films. So I need to actually have some John, uh, John Wick feel to it. And yeah, those are the ones that I'm that stands out for me. Those are the two. Um, I'm excited for Snake Eyes. Um, I think Snake, Snake Eyes... Eyes. Snake Eyes, that got, the fact that got, that's coming out in July, so we expect, expect a trailer for that soon. I'm excited because I think Snake Eyes was the coolest part of the G.I. Joe movies, even though I think the second movie was so much better than the piece of crap the first one was. The second one was so much better. Hey, had The Rock in it. I mean, come on. I mean, that the, and then that one, the casting was so much better than that, and that was the first time we got um, Elektra in a movie. Um, Elodie, uh, Elodie Young, she, she was in uh, G.I. Joe Retaliation, so was uh, Bruce Willis. So you got a lot of great actors, and Chain Tame's only in it for five minutes. So um, right. that's also a plus. Um, I'm excited with the new Jackasses. I was, I'm was i a huge Jackass fan. Um, so I think uh, some other, another movie that's come out in September by Paramount. It's another, uh, um, I think it's, stars Mark Wahlberg. It's called Infinite. And it's 
Oh, I'm trying to think of the director's name. Um, he's he directed the Equalizer movies. Um, can't think of his name. Um, so he works with Den like um he, the guy director works with Denzel all the time. Um, I gotta look it up. That would actually be. Uh, Antonio Fuqua. Antoine Fuqua. There we go. Yeah, Antoine Fuqua. Yeah. Yep. So, in a movie with Mark Wahlberg. I mean, I'm in. I mean, I'm a Mark Wahlberg fan. It's got a sci-fi action-y twist to it. So, um, so yeah. So, there's a lot of delays. Um, I mean, we'll be getting next month. I mean, from Paramount, you'll be getting Quiet Place 2. So, that one that one hasn't been delayed yet. Um, I don't know about Top Gun. I mean, I, I watched the first one. Didn't do anything. Um, shirt, think, was, shirt, was, shirt was volleyball. I mean, that was probably the main highlight of the first one anyway. I think – here's the thing. I think you need to actually have, like, a uh, an appreciation for, like, 80s-style films and set yeah. in – be around that era for you to yeah. like it. It's not for everybody. No. It's not one of those films that are for everybody or anything like that. It's just but, fun to make fun of. I mean, and then, like, in that irony – that in the sequel, you need to have shirtless volleyball in the sequel because you can't have Top Gun without shirtless volleyball. And I think there's going to be volleyball played in the sequel. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I mean, I'm interested to see what Val Kimmer looks like because Val Kimmer does not look well. And the fact that they got him back in it, like, I think he's like, like I say, he's definitely not only well, just he, also, he had cancer. So I'm like, the fact that they got him back. I'm in interested to see how he looks. Um, I hope he's still like like holding on, but just lately, I have, like I the image is like he does not look like he doesn't look as great as he did. Um, so I'm interested to see what capacity he's in it. I mean, you know Tom Cruise is in it. You know he's going to do his own stunts. Um, but to go on to Mission Impossible Seven, I'm excited for it because I I, I like the other ones and I'm like they got. Um, there's somebody that came back from the very first movie that's in this new one. So I'm intrigued in what capacity, how that's going to work. So it makes me like, okay, I might have to revisit the crappy first one again before this one. Um, they just brought in, uh, Peggy Carter herself. Uh, Haley Atwell has joined the cast of Mission Impossible 7 plus the original ones. And I think, uh, I don't think Nicholas Hoyt's still in it, but, um, but you got the, the, the original cast back for the for the most part, um, and I think, like I said, there's uh, I mean, this there's also talks that this one's going into space. I mean, um, I'm pretty sure this is going to end in a sequel. It's going to end in a cliffhanger. So you got the the, the normal crew. Uh, it's um, Henry Cerny. He's Eugene Kitrich. He was the former director of the IMF in the very first Mission Impossible. Um, and no, Nicholas Hoyt's not in this. You have. Uh, Isa Morales is the she the person's the primary villain. So you got um, Haley Atwell's in it. Tom um, Clementif. If you don't know that name, it's okay. Just just remember she's Mantis from the uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. So if you know who Mantis is, that's her. Um, so she's joined the cast. This one, um, Shea Wigham is in this one as well. Rob uh, Delaney, Charles Parnell, um, Carrie Le Kelly Eaves. Um, from Princess Brides in this one too. So they got um, and then they got uh, Angela Bassett's back is Erica Sloan. So yeah, this one's gonna be it's gonna be a big movie. Um, 
and it's, yeah, and, it's, and, we're, and, we're, and we're getting that pretty soon. Um, let me see. And then I don't believe Tom Cruise hurt himself on this one like he did in Mission Impossible Six, but um, yeah. I mean, like I said, it's a Mission Impossible movie, so I'm gonna I'm probably gonna go see it anyway. So I mean, it's um, more Tom Cruise doing stunts and okay. So, so no, that was about it. All right, so that's everything that I want to touch on and everything. What about you? Yeah, that's about it. I can't think of anything okay. else. All right, guys. So that's the show. I hope that you guys enjoyed it. I hope that you guys um, like some of the stuff that we talked about. What are some of the things that you're anticipated for? Are you excited about John Wick Chapter 4? Are you excited about Wolverine being potentially a anthology series? Let us know in the comments below. Also, too, guys, go on ahead and hit that like button. Share this with everybody. Also, too, subscribe to our channel. Another thing, though, too, that I want to mention is we're going to actually have the director of Alone, which is a movie that Charlie and I ended up reviewing uh, last month, or was it this month that we did that? Um, I think it was this month. Might have been a few weeks. Uh, let, me, let me check. I want to say it was the last month, I think. Um, let's see. It was but yeah. one week ago. Okay, we're going to have... April 5th. Yeah, we reviewed it on April 5th. Okay, so... Basically, what we're going to do is we're going to have a one-on-one -on -one interview with the director and the two actresses that was in the movie. This is going to be our spoiler review for Alone. And then also, too, we're also going to uh, – here's the thing. On Wednesday – no, 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 Thursday, I'm going to have Rossi McCree back on the show with me, and we're going to be reviewing – White Boy Rick, the documentary from Netflix. Go ahead and check that out. Then, of course, our, on Fridays, we have our Falcon and Winter Soldier uh, after show that we're doing at 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific Time. The last and episode this, of the show. So yep, this is our last one. episode. Yeah, this is going to be our last episode. This is something that I'm excited about. This is something that we've been wanting to see since the very beginning of the show. So it's going to be interesting how it actually ties up. Another thing, too, guys, is if you guys want to donate to the show, how do you do that? Just go on ahead, donate a couple of five, maybe five, maybe $10 to our show. Just go ahead over down to www gofundme.com forward slash movie lovers podcast you can also get an audio only version of this podcast where you guys get your podcast from you guys can also follow us at movie lovers tv lovers united on, on, on facebook and of course you can go on ahead follow us underneath the same brand, brand on instagram and also on pinterest as well if you want to go for all your entertainment needs at once you just go ahead and head over to www.movieloversunite.com. Of course, you can go on ahead and follow us on Stereo at Movie Lovers Unit. And then, of course, at Movie Lovers Unit on Twitter as well. And those are all the places that you can reach me at. But if you want to go on ahead and send me out an email, how do you do that? You just go to go do this. You just go on and send me a message at movieloversunite at gmail.com. And that's where you wind up messaging me. So. That's everywhere that you can follow us and reach us at. I hope that you guys enjoy the show. Also, too, guys, go on ahead, hit that like button, subscribe, and always until next time, guys, it's been real, it's been fun. Can't wait to do this again, and bye-bye. Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. This is your host, as always, from Movie Lovers Unite, John DiGorio, and I just want to sit, talk about something real quick, and that is Audible. What is Audible? I'm so glad that you guys asked. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers like Anne Rice, Stephen King, the list just goes on. Their whole entire catalog, when it comes down to audiobooks, is just fantastic. If you're on on the road and everything and you want an audiobook and you want to download it fast go ahead go to audible you're not going to regret it 
they actually have a trial right now that you guys can actually jump on. You can actually go on ahead, go to the link, and it'll bring you up to that trial. And a matter of fact, every month, members actually get one credit to pick any title, plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection, and access to Daily News Digest from the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post, as well as guided meditation programs. Another thing, too, guys, that's not all they have. They also have... They also have finish. If you actually want to go ahead and do some things to actually better yourself for 2021, they have stuff for that too, like finishing more books or becoming a better parent, leader, or a person. How to books, which is something that everybody seems to grab onto a lot lately, and everything else. So, if you guys are actually looking for something to maybe better yourself for 2021, go on ahead, check out those books as well. They have a big catalog. You guys won't regret it. Go ahead, click on the link below in the description notes. Go on ahead. You guys won't regret it. Sign up for that trial period. And always, until next time, stay safe, guys, and enjoy the show. And God bless.